What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kind of Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Another week, another podcast, keeping it rolling. First things first, follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man, Ben Shim, behind the boards at I Am Database, space with two S's. And follow us as a unit at That's Kind of Neat. Just follow us. Every week I plead to you. I just plead. I beg. Follow us on Twitter. It helps. Like, uh, the thing is, is that when we're trying to book bigger guests, the more Twitter followers we have, the easier it is for me. So hook a brother up youtube.com slash that's kind of neat, or you're going to see our buddy herbal tea perform. That's it this week. Facebook.com slash kind of neat. Please go download that podcast app on your phone or download Stitcher or whatever. Don't listen on the website. If you're listening to this podcast through the website, you're making your life harder. Just download those podcast apps, search for us on iTunes, subscribe, and listen in on your phone or wherever you may be or whatever you may use. Also, yeah, I need a fucking web designer. I've decided like, okay, it's been a year. The website layout was supposed to be kind of temporary. And uh, now I'm to the point where like it looks like shit and I feel bad sending people to it. If you guys know any web designers or whatever, email me. A lot of you guys don't have problems finding my email address because I do get emails from fans and followers and I appreciate that shit. So if you know any web designers or if you are a web designer yourself interested in helping out on a project... Hook me up. Holler at me. Um, So yeah, this week we got on herbal tea. I think a lot of you will probably already know because most of you guys are pretty tied into like what goes on in the inner and outer circles of the people that I run with. Herbal tea is Wax's twin brother, which is pretty interesting. And they, they... They grew up kind of doing everything together, and uh, we talk a lot about that. We talk about the fact that he has a new album out. It's called Lo-Fi Blow-Dry. It just came out. You guys can find it on lofiblowdry.com, or you guys can go to iTunes and find it, which is also something that's going on in my life because I announced my album release. It's coming out on April 29th. (sighs) Everything's going smooth with that. I'm recording this in the beginning of April, so when you guys are hearing it, it's like three weeks later already, but... uh, yeah, dude, the first day of pre-sales like, went fucking crazy. Thank you guys so much. I was really surprised as I was sitting there watching the PayPal ticker go up. So much so that I wasn't even really like celebrating or happy. I was kind of just really nervous. I was like, oh my God, I... All of a sudden, the reality of like how much stuff that I have to ship out and like getting it to all of you guys in a timely manner really struck me. And and I was thinking like, oh, man, I need to like find some people that I that will help me ship things. I mean, it was like so awesome. This is the first time that we've ever released an album and like not only broken even, but had a little bit of profit after releasing it, because usually I'm in the hole for a couple months or even a year after sometimes. So the response was just wild. I really can't believe it. Like, thank you guys. You know, Herbal T and I, as he was leaving, was kind of, we were kind of talking about how we were in the same boat where we're these type of musicians where like, even though we have our, our, our little strong, our little, our small, but strong and loyal followings. And you know, like our albums will hit iTunes and probably be in the charts on iTunes for a little while. And you know, we'll make a little money off of our pre-sales and physical copies and stuff like that. Even though we might sell as many records as the next guy, for some reason, we're those type of artists where, you know, writers don't really write about us and, and, uh, the media, like we don't have PR and the media doesn't really write about us. And so he was saying, you know, it's 
nice to have an outlet like this where you have a homie that can like help promote and push the records. And so I'm happy to do that for him. And uh, I don't really have any stories today other than that. Like that's what's happening in my life. I'm putting an album out. It's very exciting and scary and it feels bittersweet because it's this album that we've been working on forever and um you know similarly he was always he was working on this album forever too he said it took him three years it took us about three years so we have a lot in common in that way if you're still listening to me i have a record release party on sunday april 27th at the lyric theater i'm not quite sure who the openers are at this point but i know they are both going to be strong i have one of them confirmed one other one i'm kind of waiting to hear back from but uh it's gonna be a fun show so if you're in town the lyric theater is sunday april 27th doors will be at around eight o'clock seven dollar pre-sale tickets ten dollars at the door and i hope to see you guys out because as you know I don't play shows very often, but I do love playing shows and I love seeing you guys out there. So I would love to come hug all of you and take pictures with you and have your girlfriend kiss my cheek. Just kidding. I won't do that to you, but yeah, come out, have a good time, celebrate the album. I don't know when the next time I'll play a show is after that. So, you know, I don't really get to play that. It's not that I don't get to play that often. I choose not to play that often, but yeah, come out, have fun. Without further ado, let's get into this podcast with my man, Herbal Tea. was a dj when i was in college at university of maryland he was actually in one of my i don't mean he probably doesn't remember me. i never i only knew it was that he was in one of my classes because i later in the semester found out that he was the dj at, that played like this friday night hip-hop show that i listened to every now and then on the yeah. college radio right um but what i remember is that my band we did this battle of the bands to basically every year. Most colleges have this shit where it's like a big concert every yeah, year. Yeah, totally, totally. So like a spring fling or something. Yeah, it was called Art Attack. It was basically spring fling. The same, same. You know, all colleges have it and call yeah. something different. And they always have like a battle of the bands to like if you you can have a battle of the bands and you're, you're the prize is like a recording session in one studio and then you also get to play the spring fling. You know? Yeah, it was. Uh, you got to open on like the main stage, and I think it was the first year they did it. Because the previous year we like played, but it was like on the side stage and, and no one was really, well, even the year we won, no one was really there when we played. Right. But uh, it was Wyclef, um, fuck, that, Wyclef was the headliner. But anyway, we won this Battle of the Bands and Rosenberg was one of the judges. Oh, nice. So I remember that. What a small world. Yeah. Was this a band you were in with Mike too? Yeah. What was it called again? McGregor. Oh yeah, McGregor. I yeah, so that. we were like, it was a six piece band. I was the bass player. I rapped sometimes. I did. I was like the backup vocalist slash sort of like second rapper. I was like the the Malik B to his Black Thought. Okay. Uh, except we were both playing instruments because he played guitar. Uh huh. And um, we even had a our alto player because we had a horn section. It was, yeah. Uh, three piece. You, you horn guys section. were kind of jammy, right? Little jammy. No. Yeah. I or mean, just more funky. I would say. The thing is, we would do jam band festivals. Yeah. But then we do the, these festivals like in West Virginia with all these hippies. And we were kind of fitting in, but then we'd start rapping and all our shit was real vulgar. Oh, yeah. We were like the only band that used any cuss words and we were going hard with that shit. Like we were doing battle raps. Like yeah. I remember my, uh, we did this song because like I said, our alto player also rapped everyone. He was like the third rapper. He was like the dice raw. <laughs> and uh, we have one song where he and my brother rapped. Yeah. And like Mike had this line, uh, every time we, we'd, we'd stop and he'd say, um, 
because the other dude's name was Eugenic. He's like, it's wax. Big Dave the Eugenic got you looking like a dumpster outside of an abortion clinic. Oh, God. A bloody mess, heart ripped out of your chest, my yeah. microphone like a sword covered in pieces of your flesh. Yeah. Like shit like that, where yeah. it's like, like, People didn't understand rap. All so of a they sudden, didn't... the burners on mushrooms are like, yeah, that's, these a, that's like, a little too graphic for we're me. We're literally like, the band before us was a, was a dead cover band, and the band after us is going to be like, you know, a, a, another jam band that's like somewhat known. Yeah. And like, they all of a sudden are just like, like dude, I'm having a bad trip now, bro. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's funny. Because they didn't, they didn't understand like battle rapping, how you're like not being literal. Yeah. And you're just being like, I, I, when I say this, I mean as a rapper on yeah. the mic, I'm rapping in a way that figuratively you will be like yes. a dumpster outside of an abortion clinic <laughs> exactly <laughs> verbally an abortion verbally clinic. speaking yeah. <laughs> my raps are so good that i will slice your head off <laughs> That's and great. then dave the the sax player's rap yeah. was equally as fucking bad yeah did you guys have dreads did you guys ever have white boy dreads i never had like hippie white boy dreads yeah. i remember i had like when i was in eighth grade for like a week i had some like dumbass white boy dreads like and, uh, cornrows or something or like no it wasn't it was like actually like i tried to like you know this was back uh i remember we went to skateboard camp Tight. and it was during the time period that i was at skate camp and uh it was gross it was like i didn't wash it and it was oh. like these like it was like little dreads you know yeah, it was, yeah. and it was they kind of look like shit. Yeah. Uh, but I never had never had any like the the white hippie type of thing. I had a lot of friends that had that type of shit. And when we went to those festivals like that, lots of that shit. Going really? On. Yeah. What was skate camp like? Skate camp. We went to this place called Woodward. It's in Pennsylvania, and the like, oh, yeah. right in the middle of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like near Penn State, when and sort of in like an Amish area. Uh huh. And it was like the OG skate camp, like the one. Like now, there's like skate camps everywhere. And this was the one that started. It was fucking awesome, dude. It yeah. was like a paradise. How, it was how, literally a paradise for skateboarders. Like there was like, it was like as if you took 10 skate parks of all different types yeah. and just put them in one place. And uh -huh. you're just like, I'm going to skate the ball. Holy shit, dude. Now I'm going to skate the mini ramp. Now I'm going to skate the street course. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, what age did you guys pick up skateboarding? Cause do you still skate? Not really. Because, like, Mike can still do a kickflip, right? I will shred Mike. Oh, really? For sure. Yeah. I, I skate. My skating is more re up to date than Mike's. Yeah. Um, I'd say I kind of hurt my back last year, and I haven't really skated, like, trick-wise since then. I skate for transportation. Yeah. But, like, I could probably land some tricks. No shit. Sure. I, I was, like... Uh, up to the a couple of years ago, I was like sort of casually me and me and a friend of mine would get together and just do flat ground skate tricks and shit like that. Nice, kind of keep up the skills. What age did you guys start that? Mm, we kind of started like early, like nine or ten, mm -hmm. and then I think we sort of we sort of got real back, like almost like there was a time period of skateboarding that it transitioned. Yeah, from like well, sort of the big yeah, because you guys probably started with like big decks with like uh, plastic on the on yeah. the bottom like when we started rim, it was the, it was the tail end of the i guess what you'd call the old school era although where like the boards the were directional right yeah it was like there was there was a tail and yeah. a defined tail and a nose yeah people were doing bonelesses right uh people in my neighborhood had launch ramps so you were just doing uh i don't know how familiar you like are with skateboarding. yeah you're just doing yeah. an early grab method where you like grab the board you don't ollie and you just pull yeah, it up right 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 and then i think we sort of got out of it for a year like a little while but back into it like when it came to the time period of like the, the double tail wars, yeah. and then like more technical shit right so we like when we were like 14 all through probably college uh we were we were mad into it were you guys competitive with each other about it um not really we were never that competitive with each other we were we would like play like skate skate yeah but never 
we weren't really that competitive with skateboarding in general. Like yeah. sometimes there would be local contests, and I remember both he and I won uh, two different local contests, but they were like mad local. Like it wasn't like anyone that was really good was was competing. In right, it. right, right. But uh, we were all right. I find it interesting the dynamic with twin brothers. I, of course, we're talking about when we say Mike, we're talking about your brother's yeah, wax. Yeah, yeah, wax is my brother. Twin brothers. I probably should preface it because not everyone listening might know. All it's that fine. Shit, you now, know? now they know this is Herbal Tea Wax's twin brother, and uh, you guys are identical or fraternal? Identical. Identical. Yeah. identical. You guys talk very similarly as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, that so that makes sense. But um, I find that dynamic interesting because like I, I feel like all the twins that I know are more like down to look out for each other than like then like my brother i have a younger brother and he and i were like very competitive and we never really started like looking out for each other until very late in our teens you know what i'm saying we were like oh wait like brotherly well, I, yeah, love man, i can tell you that like i was i talked to my mom about it and because mm-hmm. i have two i have two kids yeah i have a three-year-old and a one-year-old boy they fight like a motherfucker I'm like they you. are constantly oh dude the, the like especially like the last week man like they're uh the older one just like pushes the other one down on a concrete and oh then, yeah and then the other one comes and hits them and just like yeah. i asked my mom like my mom said me and my brother even when we were like little kids yeah like we never fought like, yeah we that's were just, what I'm saying. which is amazing i, I had a couple of twin friends uh in in high school and they were like very they were identical and they were like just very like always kicked it and got along and shit and i'm like that's pretty cool because yeah my best friend has three kids and the two youngest ones are like three or are six and three right now and like the three-year-old's trying to keep up with the six-year-old and Mm -hmm. and just like they fucking fight all the time dude Dude, it's like when you have a what happens is that the different age i think fucks it up because like the three-year-old is playing with shit that's uh, appropriate for a three-year-old, right, right? Right. So he might be playing with something. He likes to focus on things. Yeah. So he'll like build like a say he builds a tower out of blocks. Yeah. The one-year-old comes through like Godzilla and just right. like rah, rah, oh I want to join, but I'm all goofy. Shit. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he wants to quote unquote play. Yeah. But what he's he's playing is just like knocking all that shit down that the other one painstakingly built. Right. So that's I've, that's I've what read some studies fights. though that like the that younger brothers can tend to do better uh, later on in life just because their their whole life they've been trying to compete with kids that are older than them and keep up with kids that are older than them. And you so, said you're the younger brother. Right? No, I'm an older brother. The, oh, oh which, yeah. Well, then that proves the point. My, yeah, no, for real. My brother is fucking mad successful compared oh, is to he? Me. oh, no dude, shit. what is he do? He's killing it. I mean, he's like a union worker, but uh, and uh, he he's an electrician. But I mean, oh, that you, know, you can kill it as an dude, electrician. He dude, he fucking got his own house by the time he was 23, which is like that's. Hmm crazy it's a duplex so he's like a landowner and all this shit and i'm like oh yeah i like rent a studio apartment you know what's interesting just in in my mind while you're saying that i'm thinking of like the two or three like pairs of brothers that are older and younger that i know yeah and pretty much the younger one is always more successful in the cases like the the cases i'm thinking of no shit Mm -hmm. yeah it's interesting sociology man it's a real thing stereotypes come from somewhere you feel yeah i guess i mean with me and and wax uh He's technically like five minutes older than me. Yeah. And uh, I think there might be some level of him being the older brother in a certain sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Yeah. So you guys are from Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird to like have this conversation again because I feel like, the, yeah, like yeah. you were talking about before we went on air is that I kind of have my like route that I go to like figure somebody out. And like now I know your background pretty good. So I got to like fucking figure out how to just not it's, it's, ask you yeah. the same questions. We have like most of the story of me and him is pretty similar up to, um, I guess maybe college. Like we've always been kind of different. I'm yeah. a little more, um, Maybe I'm a little more reserved, and he just 
gives a little less of a fuck in general in like as far as like shit that he'll say to people yeah. or like things that he'll do um but other than that i mean most of our childhood was pretty similar yeah um you know because we're twins we really had like almost like the exact same experience as each other because right. we had the same room we had the same parents and sister we both were adopted we had all the shit that was like like pretty much not only was i with him all the time like i'd go to school we'd be together like 100 percent of the time yeah so we pretty much had like the exact same experience in a lot of ways i mean i think we absorbed it but i think it's interesting the the different routes that you guys went and the thing that i really found interesting was that like you getting married and having kids was what became the the catalyst for like finding you guys as real parents right yeah that was your idea that was my idea yeah yeah Let's start a little earlier than that. I find it interesting how you said, like, you know, he gave a little less of a fuck. And I think that it seems like you've played the role of of a, of a great wingman in, in put like, I feel like you kind of knew, like, oh, this guy has something and, and I'm going to, like, help him yeah. do that. And you and you took kind of a role of, like, I, I was telling him in a lot of the videos you were holding the camera probably back sure, in the day. Sure, yeah. When you guys started McGregor, was it, like, pretty clear, like, this is going to be the front man? Yeah, he's always been, I mean, part of that is, like... He definitely was rapping before I was. And yeah. like when we were like six, something like that yeah. is when we first started like, I think kind of being like, hey, we want to play music. We'd see people on TV and be like, this is what we want to do. And for whatever reason, he gravitated towards the melodic front man type of shit. Like I've always been a rhythmic guy. And yeah. I, I wanted to play the drums immediately and he wanted to play the guitar immediately. And uh, I've always been really into beats and shit like that. Like, Cushion, all that kind of stuff and uh he picked up rapping before i did i sort of i almost kind of like did because he did in a sense like yeah and even when we were when we started like kind of taking rapping seriously it was clear from an like 14 15 type of age that he had something something you know special because even like our friends that we just kind of fuck around and rap with like he was on a different level like yeah than all of us well, me, I mean, myself included yeah and he's like still on a different level you know like that carried on into his adulthood obviously yeah yeah it's weird like like once he started to because his goal was always to be a rapper or a musician yeah f- to make a living off it and now he's been doing that for a while and yeah. it's like it always seemed like are we are we tripping or is he like really fucking good at this shit right and uh you know, we we didn't know if it's just like, especially when you're out there, um, when you're out in, in not only Maryland, but kind of like bumfuck Maryland where yeah. we grew up, like shit like being a professional musician. It or doesn't being, seem achievable. It, it's, it's a whole different universe. Yeah. It's like, I mean, no one from where I'm from had ever done something like that. I was having that same conversation the other day. Like when I was a kid, like musicians that I watched on TV were like gods to me, like rappers were gods. And I was like this is impossible I'm, I'm i'm in north pole alaska like there's no way to like make a career out of that you know so like nobody ever knew that i wanted to be into music as a kid because like i wouldn't admit that because it seemed so outlandish mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah man. like it seems unrealistic so you started noticing at an early age like kind of that that he that he was like pulling forward from all of your friends and shit and like how, how does that affect you like did you it was just kind of like you had his back and we're like I'm gonna yeah fucking it was make this never work. it was never any jealousy like or anything like that yeah. to this day like i don't have any there's something about me and him that we have we have uh i don't know if it goes back to the whole twin thing us not fighting like we always have been supportive of each other and never really any sort of like it's almost unbelievable like we literally never fight we have like a couple times you know shit will happen but yeah you know i know i never i never was tripping about it i was supported him and uh in a sense like it it was kind of like what his role was meant to be yeah and you know like 
I, back in the, I mean, I was good at what I was doing. I was good with, uh, like, we would fuck around and make a lot of beats, and I, I'd play bass and drums, and I was good at that shit. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's just, well, that's that's just I, how it turned out. That's what I find so interesting about you is it seems like you're very multifaceted and multi-talented and, and not just with music. Cause I know you're a multi-instrumentalist. Like obviously yeah. like you have a, like you said, a, per- a penchant for percussion. So the bass, the drums, all that, uh, I'm sure you can probably play guitar pretty well. Yeah. That recently guitar has almost become like my main instrument just, yeah. be, just from practical, like I can play it any time of the day without being loud. Right. Right. Uh, but also like you're a multilinguist, you speak fluent Portuguese, right? Or is it Portuguese? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what well, else? I started out speaking Spanish. Like yeah. I started studying it way when I was little. Uh-huh. And um, so I kind of became fluent in that first. And, yeah. then, and then Portuguese. My Spanish is definitely better than my Portuguese. Yeah. Um, so that's still three languages, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and fluent is like a weird word because right. like someone like like Mike who doesn't speak any of those, like he'll see me like blah, 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 blah with like a Portuguese speaking person yeah. and be like, damn, man, you're fluent as fuck. <laughs> but like the, the truth is, is like if like if I, I don't speak any Japanese, for example, and if I saw, say you spoke like a little bit yeah. and you were speaking to a Japanese person and you were holding a conversation. You'd be like, whoa. Like, damn, your Japanese is good. Are you a but samurai? You, you could have been... <laughs> You could have been fucking up the whole time and right. saying some bullshit, and right, I would have right. never known. Yeah, totally. So, totally. like, him seeing me speak Portuguese to someone, I'm making mistakes, my accent's fucked up, everything's yeah. all fucked up, but to yeah. him, it's crazy, you know? Right, right. I still just find it interesting that you took this kind of, like, utility role with, with it seems like probably you had a utility role in McGregor. You can just kind of pick up and do whatever job needs to get done, it seems like. Perhaps. Yeah? Yeah. Was that something you learned early on about yourself? Did you succeed equally in every different class? Like, were you kind of, like, just as I good was, at everything? I was strong. No. that I was strong in certain things. Yeah. As soon as I started taking Spanish, I knew, like, just from... Some people have trouble with languages, and I was always the best. Right. Like, I didn't... I didn't grow up speaking, despite having like Cuban background from yeah. you, in the podcast with Mike. He explained so yeah, much that shit. you guys are but, you, uh, you guys have Cuban heritage. Yeah, I have Cuban and Irish heritage, but I didn't grow up with any sort of Latin culture or anything. But I started taking Spanish, and uh, I was like, this shit with any type of language. Like, I, if I study it, I'll catch on real quick. Yeah, and uh, I was good at math. Um, good at I wasn't good at science. How are you with English? Pretty decent, good. decent. Yeah. I, I didn't like, I didn't like when a, a reading. I didn't like literature. Yeah, I'd always fucking fake the fake reading the shit and that's just interesting. Get by. I was always good at getting by. Have you ever, have shit. you ever grown into a reader? Do you read now? I read a lot once I got out of college. I don't read now only because of the lack of time. Yeah, I always feel like everybody kind of like once they get out of college and they all of a sudden you're like, wait, you mean I could pick what I want to read? Then yeah, everybody dude. goes through this renaissance phase where it's like, wait, I'm learning more now about myself than I did while I was in college. I was always the type of person, um, I'd say even to this day, where I'm, I've never been good at like setting a long-term goal and going for it. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing or where I'm going to be two years from now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of continues. It's a little different now with the kids and everything. But like, um, so I, I've sort of just been like almost not coasting through life, but sort of just, <clears throat> you know, doing one thing, doing Figuring another thing. it out as thing. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good route, I think. With reading, like I started uh, after college, like I started going back to... Uh, I had a phase where I would read all the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had a job where I would travel travel around all the time. Like I'd be um, fixing computer. Like it's long story, but it was like basically fixing and setting up computer networks in all over the Americas. So I was doing a lot of 
plane rides. Yeah. And I was going out to BWI airport and they had a bookstore with a big ass section of classics that mm-hmm. were cheap, like $7 for the paperback of fucking Tale of Two Cities mm-hmm. or Uncle Tom's Cabin or all the, all the fucking Dostoevsky Russian shit. Mm-hmm. So I had a phase where I read all the shit that I was supposed to read in high school that I never did. Mm. And that was probably like my best reading phase. Nice. But now dude, I don't read shit now. You probably don't have time for anything right now, I'd imagine. All my time is work time, dad time, or music time. Yeah. With you, let's start with the band stuff. Like, when did you guys... So, he picks up a guitar, you pick up the drums. When do you guys start going, we're going to be in a band? Immediately. <laughs> like, 14, 15, that's when it is? Fucking six, dude. Six? Really? You guys just started I mean, jamming not, together? We weren't jamming. Yeah, we were, but like... We we knew when we got the instruments that we wanted to play in a band. Yeah, yeah. But we started we started like actually playing, uh, maybe eleven like playing together songs. And like was covers. it like was it just like adorable? Was it like the cutest <laughs> thing ever? <laughs> I don't know, man. That shit that's sounds a, like that's it, a funny. If you guys would have known about YouTube then. I'm sure that would have gone viral instantly. Oh, twin, Possible. twin brother, yeah, twin eleven-year-old yeah. brothers. No, I've thought about like if YouTube existed back then, oh, we man. would have done some funny shit. Are on you YouTube. fucking kidding me? That would have been amazing. We used to make like little dumb videos and shit, but um, yeah, we we would we would play in my room with just drums and guitar and play like covers of whatever yeah. whatever was cool. Yeah, we got into punk rock. Mm, uh, like like we played Ramones covers oh, okay. yeah. and we were into Black Flag. Hell yeah. Um, shit like that. The Circle Jerks, the Sex yeah. Pistols, Ramones, Black Flag. Um, so the first thing you guys like are that. playing together is like Fast and Loud. Yeah. And we, I mean, we were playing more, we were playing Nirvana. Okay. Uh, like we learned right when Smell It's Like Teen Spirit came out. Uh, that was kind of when we had first started like playing drums and guitar together. Yeah, yeah. And I remember when we used to play that shit in my room and like our friends that were our neighbors would come over and like, they'd they'd fucking flip out they'd be like dude it's like you guys can play this this music and yeah. it's like real simple shit but yeah people were pretty amazed that we were that we were playing Hell yeah. just playing a song oh man my friends that could play guitar in high school i was so amazed by them and now i know they were just playing power chords but it was like oh, yeah. so impressive at the time i'm like whoa that's a that's a crazy thing to see uh on that on that like local level you know you never mm-hmm. expect your next door neighbor to be able to be doing it um when, when did you find out about rap music? Was that like at skate camp? Did skate video? <laughs> did skate videos? Help you know, you guys there's find some truth. Yeah, there's definitely some truth to like. I wouldn't say we learned a lot at skate camp specifically, but with skateboarding, yeah. we learned a lot. And I think uh, how to get into rap. I mean, MTV for sure, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, even the era of like, you know, the Fresh Prince and Young oh, MC, yeah. like that kind of shit is like a gateway into the more like NWA. Yeah, you know totally, what I mean? totally. Like we had, we definitely had, um, what's that shit? He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Yeah. We definitely had that. NWA was big. Pu- we were big Public Enemy fans, man. Really? Big yeah. Public Enemy yeah. fans. Uh, we had like all that shit like uh, Ice Cube and the Lynch Mob. Hell yeah. Um, the Predator album. Before, a lot of that shit, like before, we didn't understand it. We were too young to understand oh, a totally. lot of that political shit. Yeah, totally. And it's funny looking back on like the, the if you're familiar with the lynch mob with Ice Cube, like it was a mad like, like fuck these crackers, black power shit. Oh, and we didn't yeah. really understand like S- the whole like, I- fi- N- like, I- like, Valley for the KKK rally. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that, yeah. yeah. And, and all the, the shit with progress, professor Griff and like the, the nation of Islam shit. Like we didn't know what the fuck all that shit was, but we loved, we loved the, uh, Flavor Flav, Chuck D, the beats, like the, the all that shit, the Bomb Squad beats that they had. Like, yeah. Because they even had that shit on Ice Cube. That's I think there was something about that that we really liked that when you're that age, music is so powerful. Oh, yeah. Like it still is for me, but there's something about like 
that fucking age between maybe 10 and 18 or something like that. There's I, a sweet spot where I like that the, shit the, hits you, yeah, man. Yeah, the, the, the spot that I, that like the age that consistently I hear people say is like, oh, that's when I really clicked for me is 13. I think that's about it. Like seventh grade is yeah. like when you really start to come into your own about music shit and it like defines you. Yeah, you know? it, it defines you and, and you have like this, it's like you have this blank slate yeah. where everything you hear blows your mind. And everything that you hear that year is what kind of affects your taste for the rest of your life yeah. too. And you what know? was weird, like growing up where I grew up and having the friends I did, like they all had such varied, like maybe they had older brothers and sisters or whatever, but they had such random tastes in music and yeah. so did we that like we were getting our minds blown by Led Zeppelin and Public Enemy and fucking uh, Black Flag. Or, what, like, what about Go-Go shit? Go-Go, yeah, Go-Go too. Rare yeah. Essence, yeah. fucking Huckabucks, Northeast Groovers. Back then, I mean, that's this is very niche, so most people... Well, that's, the, that's what I find so interesting about it is like Go-Go is this scene that's like so influential in the DC yeah, area, dude, but like no one ridiculous. else knows about it. You, and at that age, that tender age of 13, you have no idea the, how regional it is. So there's this Go-Go band that's one of the legends of, of Go-Go called Rare Essence. Yeah. And like we had, me and me and, and Mike, that's Wax. Yeah. You could say Mike, it's times. fine. We had various Go-Go tapes and we had more than one tape by this group Rare Essence. Mm -hmm. You know, I would have not known at that time when I was, when I was f rocking that shit that it was regional at all. Right. It was just like. I know all they that They just sound shit. like gods again. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's the whole thing. It just says uh, these musicians that are yeah. doing it. Yeah. Go-Go's crazy, man. I don't know, being away from that area, I don't know the state. Of, I don't know how big it is. Because like back in DC, they play that shit on the radio, especially like they'd have like special Go-Go shows on certain nights. Well, the crazy thing is on the drive here, I know I'm not supposed to do this, but I was checking my Twitter on the drive here and Zoe just tweeted like, He's a must be in DC right now. He's like, oh, I love being in DC and hearing Go Go on oh, the radio. Oh yeah, because he's 90, from Northern Virginia. He knows all, yeah. or whatever. You know, ninety three nine and ninety five five, which yeah. I assume still exist. Yeah, it must. And uh, uh, they would play Go Go, and uh, I imagine I remember a dude from New York who went to college with me that was like, man, this Go Go shit is awful, fucking trash. It's, <laughs> it's definitely like a weird acquired taste because yeah. the weird thing about it is. Uh, they would do like studio Go-Go -Go albums, but 90% of Go-Go albums are live recordings. Uh, Generally, they're shitty live recordings. It's like tape trading. Yeah, so they'll play, they'll play shit on the radio that the quality-wise, it sounds like one of those 78 dead concerts yeah, that you get on a bootleg, right. except it's Go-Go. -Go. And the thing about Go-Go, if you're not familiar with it, is they'll have a hook. But the lyrics of a Go-Go song generally are shout-outs. Uh, All they do is just like, it's like, it's like, boom, yeah. Right. Like, that's the yeah, beat. Yeah, the drums and are so And then it's crazy. like, ha, a Northeast kick it. All myself spring, ladies, yeah. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. And they just, like, name random Maryland and Virginia and D.C. cities or crews or people that they yeah, know. Yeah, like, yeah. my man Rick, oh, yeah. <laughs> my girl Sasha, oh, bless. You know, like, that's yeah. that's literally the lyrics of the song. No shit. Is, is, is a list of shout-outs, and then they'll do a hook. And yeah. then the second verse is another list of shout-outs. And yeah. they might have, like, four bars of, like, simple-ass rap on there. Right, right. That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Did you guys fuck around with Gogo -Go while you guys Fuck went? yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We used to, uh, we recorded like dumb, like, it, we we would record like uh, beats, but for us, we didn't have this concept of like, like uh, sampling and making beats. Yeah. All our shit was like, take our four track, record bass, drums, guitar, and make a beat like that. Like, uh. I, I don't even think we knew like... We knew that there was sampling, but I don't think I realized how sampling based the, a lot of the music I listened to right, was. Right. Like, 
a lot of the shit I'd listen to, I'd find out later in life that shit that I thought was all composed and shit mm-hmm. was just a sample. Right. And sometimes I'd almost get disappointed by that. Yeah, you know? it makes you sad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we would make go. But at the same time, when you shit. find that original recording that the sample is from, you're like, oh my god, this is so life changing right now. That is true. That is true. And so that would that would happen. It's bittersweet. That would happen yeah. sometimes. I find it interesting the second ago that you said you guys have old videotapes. Do you think that kind of like foreshadows the fact that you guys were early connoisseurs of YouTube? Possibly. Like, yeah. who gave you guys a, a tape recorder? My, like, my parents had a had a um, uh, eight millimeter camera, uh-huh. and we would make videos of us playing. Of course, you know what was big is just skateboard videos. Is eight millimeter like one of the ones where it's like a trigger? Like, like you sit there and hold it. And it's like it wasn't like that. No. It wasn't. A, it wasn't that. It was like you push record and and it plays. But the tape. Yeah. The type of tape was eight millimeter tape. Okay, so it wasn't like so a VCR like these little, tape. It's like smaller than a VHS, but you, yeah, you have yeah. to play it from the camera or you dub it onto a VHS right, or right, something. Right, right, right. But uh, we'd make skate videos because yeah. we were like, you know, yeah, man, we keep practicing, we get sponsored or something. So that's right. what all, all skaters tape themselves skating. Totally. And uh, we'd make videos of our band playing. And we would even make, uh, like, I remember we made this, this was foreshadowing. We you made a stop motion. Be- we made a stop oh, motion yeah. video. There was a whole story that ended in like very similar to a video my brother recently did, like almost like a porn scene with with dolls and shit. Yeah, and uh, it it totally could have been something that was like I mean it was it was really it was not high quality, but it was funny as shit. Right, you know, we were we were big into humor and comedy and shit. And would you guys uh, show your friends like share them around? Did yeah, they, our friends did they, would uh, did some they of spread the- out. I wouldn't say they spread out, but sometimes our friends would help us and we'd show our friends. We had kind of like a little group of friends that would, we'd fuck around and make music and videos and stuff. But, um, never, we'd never, I mean, there was no, we, we weren't sharing them on any internet at that time. And, and it was kind of like shit. I, I wouldn't have known who to give it to, you know? Right, right. It was just shit we did for fun. Yeah. What age are you guys when the internet really starts to hit? I was like 14. It was definitely, I mean, it was 13. definitely in college we had it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the internet hit in high, in, when I was in high school and stuff. And, yeah. and But I can tell you that the first the first time I had an email address was was when I got into college. I had a like the college, like the at UNCP the or whatever, dot edu, a, a .edu address. Yeah. Because even though there was internet, I wasn't really fucking around with the internet. My first email address was so funny, dude. Or like, it's like so fucking early internet. I was like, oh, I got to think of something that like no one else will have. So yeah. I did like Lee and then my middle name is Eric. So it was like L-E-E-R-I-K. And I was like, yeah, the Lee goes into the Lee, Eric. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and then I put Deuce 1, like because my favorite number was 21 and the snowboard that I had was K2. So I was like my last initial. It was like I overthought the fuck out of it. And it was a Hotmail address. And uh, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, oh, what's your email? And he sent me his email and it looked like eerily similar to that style. And I was like, it was a Yahoo. And I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, have you not, like not changed your email address since you were 14 or what? And he's like, hey, man, I've been very loyal to, to fucking Yahoo. Dude, I, I'm like that guy, man. I've had the same email address. I, I created a Yahoo address like yeah. my first one. It's still my primary shit that I use. No man. shit. And it's, it's the dumbest email address. Like it's not memorable. First of all, my real name is Chris Jones. So I'm yeah. not going to be fucking Chris Jones at Gmail. You know, Chris that's, Jones, seven, nine, six, two, four. That's basically, it's, it's a, it's a fucking name and a, and a zip code. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's yeah. a fucking five digit number after yeah. my name. <laughs> that's funny. Fucking dumb. But uh, <laughs> oh, it's kind of, it, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. For you know? sure. It definitely, when I send people email, like it, it looks like some kind of spam address. Right, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, when you guys are in college, did you guys have a college band? Was it McGregor? McGregor, by that point? yeah. yeah. We were, what time McGregor you, when did you guys start started McGregor? in high school. 
McGregor was started as a three piece. I originally was a drummer, uh-huh. but then I actually sort of taught the uh, McGregor's drummer how to play drums, uh-huh. and then he became the drummer, and I started playing bass. Yeah. Um, in high school, it was just it was just the three of us. We were just we were kind of just jamming around, fucking around, and then we got more serious in college. We added horns, and uh, that's when we started to really play out and kind of start touring. And what everything. was you guys' first show like? Dude, the first show and and footage of this exists. The first official McGregor show was at the the local the grand opening of the local McDonald's in my town. What? And we fucking we it was just the three of us and we opened for they had like you know Grimace and Ronald yeah, and all the characters. Yeah. They had this like like it looked like a food truck except a stage fold out of yeah. it. And they have like this little dumbass show that they do with the characters. Yeah. Uh, and we opened for that. What? That was our first gig. We made one hundred dollars, which was crazy Whoa, money at that, that time. That's actually still yeah, not bad. Yeah. Sometimes we were we were getting paid less than that once we were serious. Yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck, that's great. Yeah. So McDonald's is your first sponsor. You guys sold out immediately. Immediately, <laughs> corporate sponsorship. Yeah. How did that go over? What was the crowd like? The crowd. I mean, it was like people we knew in high school yeah. that, that came out. Um, so yeah, everybody was like stoned and just got Big Macs afterwards. Th- that is totally accurate. That's funny. Yeah, yeah we played. It was outside and uh, it was a nice day. Did you? Have it to, was like, a little windy. Did you have to tone down the curse words and stuff? Did you guys have curse words? Yeah. We. Had, oh yeah. 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 We had. I mean, we were playing. We played at that point. We were probably half covers. Yeah. And we were playing Green Day covers and and we were but we were also playing like Gangstar covers and shit. Really? That's yeah. Sad. We would play Gangstar. Uh, Digwell Planets. And then you would talk about abortion clinic dumpsters. Yeah, this was before that. <laughs> there wasn't quite as, the raps weren't, weren't, uh, I'd say we were a little less of a rap group because once we, once we got sort of more established and added our horns and shit, we were, we were more of like, okay, we do hip hop. We're sort of like a mixture of like James Brown and the roots. Yeah. That was sort of like what we were, we were going for. Right. Well, really we, we had this band, me and my brother and all our band members were really into funk. Yeah. So like. We were into the, all the old standard funk and all uh-huh. that shit, but we got into a lot of like '70s stuff, like Grant Green, like uh, the soul jazz organ shit. Oh, okay, it, yeah. It's kind of had a revival with bands like. Are you familiar with Soul Live? Yeah, yeah. So them, and then my favorite band of all time is this band called the Gray Boy All Stars, uh-huh. <clears throat> who are actually from San Diego. But I didn't when I started listening to them. I would I never thought I would ever live in San Diego. Right. And uh, we kind of we were really like. If if the Grey Boy All Stars were all shittier at their instruments and they had rappers, that was kind of like what we were. Okay, we were playing funk grooves with horn lines and yeah. rap. That okay, was basically what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was it getting you pussy in college? Um, I mean, <laughs> I landed my wife in college, so yeah. There you go. How so, did you guys meet? She was in my dorm. She lived in the eighth floor. I lived in the fifth floor, Centerville Hall, University of Maryland. Um. I sort of like, she was in this program, mm-hmm. the, an international studies program that I was in. So I sort of like very casually knew her. Mm-hmm. And then actually my wife is a musician too. Oh. So they used to have these like open mic coffee shop events. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw her play and like she fucking, she plays like sort of like classical guitar, finger picking, folky stuff. Oh, cool. And uh, she played at this one and fucking everybody there was she just murdered it and everybody was like, holy shit. Yeah. Talent is very attractive. <clears throat> it is, man. Yeah. And and usually it goes the other way just because, I mean, I don't mean to be sexist, but most bands are guys, I'd say, if you just looked at the numbers. I, I would say. So n- normally it's the dude who's playing to get 
the chick. Yeah, yeah. Like some dudes literally go into music so they can get girls, right. which is not a bad way to go. Yeah, but a girl that can sing or play, like she's oh, she's got to fucking have a stick handy to fight the dudes off. Yeah, too, yeah. Sure. She was definitely like. I'm not saying she was like some like everybody was that right. she was some sought after girl that right, it was right. like a crazy like fight to get her or anything. Like, right. In fact, she was she like pursued me at the very beginning. Like I liked her. Yeah. But she was the one that kind of made the move. So yeah, yeah. Um, we had kind of started hanging out and became good friends, like playing music together in, in our respective dorm rooms. And this was in Maryland. Yeah. 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 This was at at in the dorms in Maryland. Yeah. So like yeah, dude, we've been together for a long ass time, and um. So like yeah like my freshman freshman year of college playing the music kind of you know yeah, it, it was good for the girls play some parties and whatnot yeah. et cetera et cetera it's definitely it's definitely a good outlet for chicks you guys toured though with McGregor right was that yeah. was that after college or during college when was that both, both yeah after and during yeah um the thing about me is like how would you find time I I, I would uh we were. I was like halfway dedicated. I was dedicated to the band more than some of the other members, but mm-hmm. um, I sort of like kept this, this is where like I kept wanting to keep going with the band and it was kind of like I was putting other shit in my life on hold. Mm-hmm. I, like I went to grad school. And, oh, uh, really? Yeah. I have a fucking, I have a master's degree and the only reason I went Oh, well, so now you think you're my master? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. Go get me a fucking beer. But, uh, I, the reason I, I went to school to be dead honest was like, I got out of college and all I wanted to do was play in the band. And I was like, I can't get a fucking job. What the fuck am I going to do? So I sort of, I sort of like pursued it just so I could kind of hold off on like continuing life. Right. What was, uh, what did you major in for your master's degree? International studies. Oh, okay. International relations. Oh, okay. Okay. I really enjoyed it. And I, I, it was in, it was George Washington university and like the people I went to school with, like we're, we're all living there and they hung out together. I was taking the train there every day and going back and hanging out with like my band and playing shows. So I was kind of like distant from like all the people I went to school with there. And a lot of them now work at the state department or fucking CIA or whatever the uh. fuck they do. And I was kind of like, I mean, I was into it and it, it, it helped me. Yeah. Um, I continued learning languages and shit like that. It's so interesting that you say that, that you kind of like put your life on hold and were like, oh, I, I want to stay with the band. So I don't want to like start my real life yet. Cause I feel like I'm still doing that. I'm like not married, no wife, no kids, no, you know, like kind of sacrificing a lot of but dude, areas it, where I could be successful in other ways. Do you because, think, let me ask you, yeah. I mean, none of this, I'm the one on the podcast, no, but, go ahead. but what's the cause and what's the effect? Are you, I have no are idea. you putting off marriage and kids or have you just not got married and have kids yet? I think because that of ha- your life circumstances. I, I think that you know I've, I think that I've had opportunities to do it, and like perhaps like you know I've been thinking about this a lot lately, honestly, because I'm like I'm kind of like <laughs> it does it is like am I ever gonna fucking fall in love again? And I'm kind of yeah. like maybe not, and perhaps I should just get married. So like I think in the business world, like people just trust you more if you're married and if you have kids. It just makes you look like okay, cool, he can like hold down a family. Like that's pretty. I tight. think it's a it's a double edged sword, man, yeah. because. Uh, being a dude that's in the corporate world, yeah. um, the the people that are married with kids and on the other hand can't necessarily d- be as dedicated. Yeah. Like the the single dudes, they might be out partying at night or whatever. Yeah. But if you need them to come in at nine and fix something, right. they, they'll be like, yeah, man, no problem, whatever. Word. But like me, I'm like, what, I got to get a fucking babysitter? And, you know? <laughs> True. No, but yeah, I do think that I've been putting off. I think that I've just been putting it off because I'm like, oh, it doesn't fit my lifestyle because I'm still out here like chasing these silly dreams. That and, makes sense. But I, I, I think I would argue that the 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 way that you want to do marriage and love and all that stuff is 
when you meet the girl that is the right one for you, yeah. regardless of what state you are in life or what you're pursuing, if she's the fucking one, I think you should just she just gonna, go for and it. And she's gonna get it anyways. <laughs> no, like I don't mean get it. Like she's gonna, she like, gonna get it like, too. Like, she she go get it. Yeah. But I mean like she'll get where you're at. You feel I me? Mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If she's yeah. if she's uh, yeah, she should be just like you know there supporting you. I, I don't think that. Um, like wife and kids necess- like there's dudes there's dudes that are doing music and pursuing shit that have wi- wives and kids i don't know how they do it yeah but same. they do it yeah. like dudes like um you know dudes that are that are like fucking uh what's one of my favorite rappers out now is open mike eagle yeah, and yeah. he's got a kid i was just on and, the phone uh, with mike yeah, I don't, I don't know him or anything. No, Mike's but he's, doing. He's really, yeah, his, dude. His wife and kid are great, and and they seem to like really, really get along. And and like, yeah, I don't. But I'm saying the he's, foundation. He's killing yeah, it. the foundation is there, probably where. Okay, you know, like if I had some success and I was to tell my wife, yeah, I got to go on tour, you know, yeah. since because of our like connection, love, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. she would support me. You know, right. if you got the wrong chick and she was, she's fighting for selfishly fighting for your time yeah that's detracting from what you want to do yeah. that's a bad sign yeah and that the last long relationship that i was in it was like that where she was like ah you should quit like she would yell at me if i was at a studio too late or something and i, I was like bitch please my uh, wife is almost the opposite where i'm like she's like get out the fucking house <laughs> <laughs> she's just like you know i'll be like i don't know if i can i can do you know this like yeah like there's some stuff coming up that i might do that would require me to be away yeah. you know for a little bit and and she want it's like i feel guilty doing the shit yeah. but she'd be like you know she would more push me to do something yeah you know what i mean yeah she's like are you kidding me that's like a staycation for me yeah right it, 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 that's true but when you got two kids dude, kids changes yeah. all that shit oh, no, man. i believe it i believe it kids changes i just want to note that like you just gave some like really deep relationship advice and love love advice so you know shout outs to herbal tea for the for the like uh dear, the, the, dear did, abby section i didn't of the podcast. i didn't think that the podcast was going to go into i didn't even know no, i had that, that in me bro no that was great it was very like it was touching to the I, bottom i can tell you soul. i've never I, I don't don't really reflect a lot on like my life and like the things that i have and stuff like that but like i know that um, I mean, shit, man, compared to like my brother, my brother has like lots of depression issues and like, he's like a quote unquote, like successful dude with the music shit. Yeah. I mean, not like he's fucking top tier, but you know what I'm saying? No, nah, but I mean, he has more followers than the average person doing it. Yeah. That's yeah. For goddamn and, and, sure. But like, I don't have anywhere near the, like, I'm a generally happy dude. Yeah. And like, I think you don't see it on a day-to-day basis when you have like shit that is fulfilling to you. Yeah. Like, like a loving relationship and kids that you love and all this stuff. Like, even though every day is a fucking, just, it's a really difficult, um, you know, grind Yeah, where you're like taking, because, you know, you're getting up, taking care of the kids, you go to work, you get, you get home, you're taking care of the kids and you're basically like still working. And it's just like, then you take, put the kids to bed and you got to fucking pack up all these CDs to mail or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Like it's a nonstop, but like, the shit it, it on the day to day seems seems difficult, but there's stuff that you don't necessarily stop to reflect on that you realize gives you a lot of you know inner, inner joy. fucking joy and yeah. you you feel very fulfilled. No, I relate to Mike in that and that I'm like I, like I, I deal with a lot of that shit too, and, and I and like obviously not nearly as successful as as he has been, and I'm fine with that, but 
uh, part of me is on some like I get really down on myself about like how quote unquote unsuccessful I feel I guess and, right, then, right. and people go like dude what are you talking about like you fucking do so good compared to other people and I'm like I don't ever think of it that way because yeah it's I always care, relative yeah man. exactly because yeah. I don't care about what other people are doing I just care about like yo I want this and like so you know what I mean like yeah, success yeah, is definitely you, all relative so I try to like not beat myself up about it mm-hmm. and, and I, I definitely think that like having a family around helps with the inner joy shit and you're a very fucking lucky man for that yeah like you know when when i get home from work and i walk in the door and and my kids are just like daddy 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 like dude like what you know that that feels so good yeah that there is no way like however you're feeling you're gonna feel good at that point right right like, you know what i'm saying where yeah. it's like if you walk home maybe that's part of it like you come home after like a doing some work or whatever to like an empty house and it's just like Okay. No. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess I'm gonna sit here and jerk off again. <laughs> that was the same joke I was gonna. It's like I, it's like, dude, I'll start thinking as I'm driving home, like, oh man, I'm gonna get home. I can't wait to jerk off. Yeah, that's no. my brother, man. He just fucking. I guess I'm gonna jerk off and watch conspiracy videos about how the fucking capitalist <laughs> system is gonna destroy us all, and I better get a gun and prepare for the apocalypse, man. Yeah, no, like, that's the type of shit he's on. Yeah, but real shit, like the uh, the shit that you're talking about is like uh, going home to a family. Like when I go down to my best friend's house who has the three kids, and I walk in and they're oh. Like, oh, that shit is like amazing every time you walk in. You know what I'm saying? It's great. But anyways, let's get back to yeah, yeah, yeah. All history. Right. For, yeah, no, no, yeah. this was that. That was a really great tangent, though. Like, you're a good family guy, and I like that. It makes me trust you more. Like I said, so now. I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> Just luring you in, bro. But yeah, so when does it go from McGregor to Herbal Tea and Wax, or Wax and Herbal Tea? Like, did you always have a rap name? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been Herbal Tea since way back, man. And yeah. I, I don't think it's the best rap name, and it also, like... It was, you know, honestly, like the. What does herbal, the T stand for? Tax man. The T, the herbal. That's a, one of the funny things is T. Herbal tea is honestly sort of a drug reference to herb. Okay. Uh, despite what I've told my parents. Yeah. Um, T doesn't stand for shit. It's just like herbal tea. I always cool thought maybe your was name 14. was like Tony or something. I have this rap where I do all like all this alliteration with the T's. Yeah. Uh, where it's that's that's it starts out with what does the T stand for? Mm-hmm. But um, nah, man, it doesn't stand for shit. Oh, tight. It's like a like a, a name that I thought of when I was fourteen, and it's a thinly veiled marijuana reference, and, it and blah stuck. blah blah, it just stuck. Yeah. Well, I mean, wax and herbal tea kind of sound. I think sounds tight. It does. I don't think necessarily wax or herbal tea by themselves, but I actually like wax and herbal tea yeah. as a group, no, yeah, as a name. Sure. Yeah. There are various. There are more than one other herbal teas out there in the in the independent rap game. Really? Yeah. Some kid. I'm hit, by far the most successful though. Some kid hit me up. That's tight. Some kid hit me up the other day. and was like, "Hey, our rap names are really similar. I don't really want to shout them out." There's got to be an intuition out there. A <laughs> There's rapper. a Ukrainian one or something like that, or or something. But oh, this kid like it. tweeted at me and was like, "Hey, man, I just found out about you, and like your name's this, and my name's this. I don't want to shout him out, like I yeah, said, because yeah, I, yeah. I didn't respond I to him. But uh, I wanted to be like. The old like rap dude in me kicked in, and I wanted to be like, "Oh, you fucker! Like change your name, or like I want to fucking write raps about you." Yeah, but he was just like some little eighteen-year-old kid, so I had to let it slide. But, yeah, you, you gotta know. let it slide. Yeah, man. yeah, gotta let it slide. Anyways, when we were in McGregor, we still were waxing herbal tea, yeah. and we would do one of the things that kind of got us far as a band. Uh-huh. Like uh, we used to, tr- there's this band that was kind of big on on the East Coast, and uh, they're called Two Skinny Jays. Oh, I've and heard of them. Yeah, they, yeah. they were. Uh, they were like signed and they were sort of like they used to they had this tour with uh 311 Sugar Ray and them and that was when they were like sort of on the uh, yeah. they're sort of on the, on the cusp. precipice yeah yeah but they never like kind of got to that right, next level right. cuz i was in dude i was like actually really into 311 when i was a kid yeah, I, I I wasn't like a super 311 head i had a lot of friends that were yeah. but I, I did like them a lot yeah i had a phase but uh this band two skinny jays 
they they took us on tour with them a couple oh, nice. times and yeah. they kind of got us a lot of more exposure and we sort of were able to tour on our own after that a lot yeah, better yeah but a lot of what they liked is uh we would do this shit between songs where we do like a one minute long acapella where you guys are tag teaming back yeah and forth. back and forth you guys still do that in your live show sometimes right uh is that the one yeah, well, I mean, I mean, we'll still do shit where it's like acapella, fast rap, but now yeah. it's usually something where it's like he raps, I rap, and we do a couple back like backups. Yeah, but we were doing shit that was kind of like crazy, like almost like Beastie Boys sped up. Oh, uh, okay, you know, like the bap, 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 bap. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we still we we should probably get back on that shit and do something like we have this video called Wax and Herbal Tea Get Funky Fresh or something like uh-huh. it's got the word funky fresh in there. Tight. Where where we, it's kind of like that's on a beat, but it's kind of similar to what we were doing where it was yeah. like. Doing like where it's literally syllable to syllable, like ba ba bo ba bo ba 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 ba. Okay. But uh, people that band, I think, like us doing that was one of the things that made us think. Damn, these fucking dudes are crazy. Yeah. And uh, there was a kind of gimmicky like twin element of that. Yeah. Which sometimes we were kind of like ashamed of it almost. Did like, you guys ever dress the same? Did you guys ever wear magic outfits as kids? We had not as as kids. My parents like as little kids, my parents would dress us up. I do remember there was a local band that was um locally maybe like just about the same or slightly more success than my band yeah and uh they were more of a jam band really talented dudes they're called the bridge shout out to the bridge shout uh, out. they were kind of random they they had this dude kenny who they had a badass singer songwriter guitar player named chris and the other guy who was a songwriter was kenny who played mandolin and was a really sick beatboxer uh-huh. so we used to like sometimes get like we'll do features on their on their albums yeah and i remember one time they had like a big show at this baltimore venue the eight by ten and we came out to do this song that we did with them, and we dressed up in matching outfits for that. <laughs> was it FUBU shirts? You know, it's funny. I, I they, wish it was it wasn't. Shirts. It wasn't literally FUBU shirts, yeah. but they looked like it was. Uh, they were like enormous, like striped polo shirts. Yeah, like it looked like something Fat Joe would wear. You That's know what wonderful. I mean? So, when do you guys break off from McGregor and start doing just that wax and herbal t shirt? Is that only? Is that when you moved to California? Pretty much, man. Yeah. My, my it was actually the drummer of our band that uh-huh. moved to California first, who still plays with me, man. He's on my album. Oh yeah, I think I, okay. I, I remember hearing Mike's version of this story. So yeah, he moves out there. What did he move out there for? He moved out there to start a construction company oh, with my yeah. other boy who already lived out here. Cause, and you guys came out and started working and, with yeah, them. Yeah, his his then uh, girlfriend uh, got my wife a job. Doing what? doing uh television stuff actually like they, she ran the wardrobe department of a television show and oh, my really? wife my wife studied like video shit like yeah. broadcast journalism yeah so it was kind of in the same field she was doing she was doing more like video stuff but then she got in she was like running the wardrobe department of these like these they didn't weren't ultimately successful but they were like english language adaptations of spanish language novellas you know so she had a job lined up and yeah at the time you were were like were you guys married already we we, no well this is what i was telling you earlier this was um uh i don't remember if this was on the podcast or not but we got married at the same time i moved to california she moved out here and then we she's originally from puerto rico Uh so we got married in puerto rico but two or three weeks before that, she had moved out to California to start her job. I was yeah. still in Baltimore, kind of like actually finishing up the Wax and Herbal Tea Grizzly Season album, which you can pick up on iTunes and all that shit. Swag. Uh, but she, we like met each other in Puerto Rico. I came back to Baltimore, she to California, and I just like finished packing up all our shit to move. Yeah. And then I moved out there. And luckily, at the time, I was able to transfer out there and just work from home with the company I worked for, which was tight. Oh, okay. So, all right. So the timeline is you guys decide you're going to get married. She gets a job in California. You 
go to Puerto Rico, you fly back to Baltimore, then you meet her in California. Yes. Did a lot of your family go to Puerto Rico? Or were people able to like make it to your destination wedding? Well, first of all, it was not necessarily a destination wedding because more than half the people pr- there were probably from Puerto Rico. Okay. Because her dad and almost everyone except her mom and sister live in Puerto Rico. So, yeah. and she has a big family and I have a small one. Uh-huh. So it was like 120 people and it was probably 80 of them were from Puerto Rico. Yeah. But yeah, my family and all my friends and shit, all her and I, my friends came down. So it was kind of like a destination wedding, half destination, half local. On the beach? No, in, in, the a mount- in a mountain. In a mountain? On At like a like a hacienda in a mountain it was very beautiful it was fucking tight dude yeah 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 that's dope and not, not to brag but like i've been to a lot of weddings and i think mine weddings are generally was one of the fucking best, lame dude yeah we- I, I have they can be they can be lame but they, a good wedding yeah a good wedding can be really fucking tight i would imagine did mcgregor play the uh the reception they did not <laughs> they did not how great would that have been? Uh, we we I think we Did played a wedding. Did you wrap your vows? No. Nah. Oh, that would. My been... brother, my brother played a song. Nice. He wrote a song. Did you so, cry? Uh, I did. I definitely cried. Everybody cried. Dude, I would cry if it, yeah. that, that's Everybody great. cried. It was, it was touching. Nice. That's dope, man. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So when you moved to California, like what, how's that future shock, culture shock? Like, yeah, I, I quickly, we moved there and we lived in a house that was right on the beach in, in a place called Ocean Beach. Oh yeah. That's like, that's, <clears throat> that's like the tourist spot, right? Yeah. It kind of, yeah. Like, or the do, or is it kind of the douche spot? No, it's not the douche spot. It's there's Mission Beach, Pacific Beach, La Jolla, oh, yeah. P- Ocean Beach. PB is the PB douche is spot. like, I mean, it's like the, uh, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I guess if you had to classify that it's the most douchey, uh, it's like more of a college party type of spot. It's the type of spot that like a chick from Girls Gone Wild might be at. OB is the hippie spot. Okay. Okay. It's like, it's, it's definitely more of the low key, like yeah. lots of weed smoking and yeah. shit like that. But we lived in o- in Ocean Beach, OB, right by the beach. And did you guys try to continue with McGregor since most of the band was down here? Or nah, not? man. It, McGregor was over. It was, uh, you know, Wax and Herbal Tea album had come out. McGregor had been over for like a year or two at oh, that okay. point, maybe. Was and, it, uh, did it just fizzle out or was it like, did you guys sit down and be like, hey guys, I think this has run its course? Kind of both. It was kind of fizzling. We did this big ass like sort of show that we kind of, I think we kind of unspoken knew it was, knew it was like a farewell thing. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, it kind of fizzled out, and then my drummer moved to California, and it was like, not like he caused the the breakup. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, we had to do what we had to do. Like yeah, we, yeah. at a certain point, you gotta you gotta gotta continue on with your life, right? Right. But um, yeah. Then then uh, eventually, uh, my so brother's girlfriend working, at the time, he, yeah, he got she got a job at the same place doing wardrobe, working like for like my uh, my wife and this other chick. And were the four of you living in a house together? No, my oh, okay. brother didn't. No, he didn't live with me. Okay. We, uh, yeah, he didn't live by the by the beach. We we had one roommate, but, uh, yeah, that's when we started making YouTube videos and shit like that. Yeah. What was the first one that you guys did? Oh, oh, I think I remember this. Yeah. Let me, let me see if I can recite it. It was a competition for, uh, uh vibe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, that was, uh, you know, and and like you alluded to earlier, like it's mostly him doing rapping at this point. Uh-huh. We had, uh, I didn't even, I wasn't even, my boy Dave filmed that one. Uh. And um, I think, yeah, I, don't, I didn't film the vibe one, but then we had a couple at my house, like that we actually started putting on, on YouTube. Yeah. Like, um. I've always wanted to hear, were you the one filming Wax Goes Bananas in the Crib or whatever? The It's like a six minute fucking rap. Was yeah, that, yeah, that's me. Is that you in the video? That's me. You can actually see me in, in the, the mirror, mirror filming, yeah. like drinking a fucking tall ass Bud Light or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So that was probably the first video I ever saw from you guys. And I and I saw it like pretty around that time that it came out. I was pretty early to, to, to like yeah. finding out about you guys. And at the time, I, and I've had this conversation with Mike a couple times, at the time it was kind of like 
in our LA scene, it was like people that were putting raps on YouTube. We were like, that, oh, ain't, yeah. that ain't real shit. Like they're not putting in work. But when I saw that, I went, okay, this is very legitimate. This guy, yeah, yeah. I, he had a bad haircut at the time. And I told him, <laughs> he had a bad haircut, but I was like, this guy can fucking rap really good. And uh, it's what the crazy thing is, is that I got like an asshole vibe from him in that video. I was like, oh man, he looks mean, but like he's such a nice dude. My point is... The, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean though. Like kind of like yeah. on some hardcore, like Ooh, grimacy, yeah, grimacy yeah. face. Yeah, he was very mean in that video and his raps were very, uh, uh, they're very like... Um, conflictual not conflictual uh combative combative there we go they're very combative when you were filming that video like did you know that something crazy was happening nah man people like you know we were not we did not have some big plan of like first we're gonna put these on youtube yeah we're gonna promote it we're gonna get big we're gonna you know you're gonna get signed and all or whatever the fuck we yeah. were just like yo we could put these on the internet and people might see them how many takes did that take uh, that one didn't take, that one was like a take or two. That's like, and he raps for like fucking six minutes. It's so crazy. See, yeah. He, it's not like he just wrote those and did, that was like some shit. He had, uh, they were like a lot of combined raps and, and wrote a couple, a couple raps of this yeah. beat. And, yeah. uh, it was a slow beat. The six minutes, like. I mean, it was it was a slow beat, but it was like lots of complicated no, in between yeah. rap and that's type what, of shit. That's yeah. what I really liked about it is that it's like slow, but it's like so many internal rhyme schemes. Like on a slow beat like that, you can really play rhythmically mm-hmm. with what you're doing, and I think that he took full advantage of that. He, uh, you know, he had been rap- like that's the thing about us is that if you like YouTube rappers, especially now, there's like every rapper is a YouTube oh, rapper. Yeah. So now you do your you write your first rap and it's on YouTube. So yeah. a YouTube rapper is generally thought of to be this amateur rapper but at the time we did that video we had done hundreds of shows rapping in front of audiences we had been rapping for fucking 10 years yeah and and you know i think I mean? it, and i think it comes across like you can tell that there's like a certain amount of like stage yeah swagger. The, the 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 combativeness or what they would call two years ago swag yeah like that that's that's like uh from doing it for so long you right. just learn how to do shit right and so when you guys put something like that up was the response kind of immediate or was it a slow roller um, I think it, I think that was a slow, a slow roll. Mm-hmm. Um, we kept putting shit out and it got bigger and bigger. I mean, relative to now, I guess it was small, but you know, people started paying attention. Yeah. But we never, we never had this plan of like, like, uh, like the way I've talked to people that do YouTube where they're like, they have sort of like a plan, like, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I like, our, we have goals for our channel that we try to reach and shit. Yeah. We, we still to this day slack on like channel management and branding and whatever the fuck you want to call that business type shit with youtube like yeah. we have the <laughs> just recently we we have an email address called it's wax at yahoo.com and we Spam both it. Y- yeah we don't check it oh, and that's shit. that's our fucking like youtube contact yeah connect. yeah so like we had gotten this email like months ago from you uh, someone from youtube it's like call us we want to talk about branding and optimization of your channel yeah and it was like a personal and we we just we got it like months later. I'm like, oh, I decided randomly to check the account today after fucking months, you know, like, and that's where people are, could contact us for like business opportunities or and we never check our YouTube messages and that kind of shit. Like, yeah. we, we slack at that kind of stuff and like we're not good at it. I get those emails all the time about like, oh, we want to help you brand. We have a we have a network of a billion subscribers, and I'm like. 
It always just seems like oh that shit is this the one that mattered was from YouTube. You know oh. what I mean? It's like I, I'm whatever at YouTube or it was oh, like yeah, at yeah. Google.com. Like yeah. I, oh, I had somebody from YouTube hit me up one time and I felt like I was I felt like I just won a Grammy or some shit. They're yeah. like, yo, hey, we saw your video, we really like it, and I was like, oh my god. Every once in a while, man, yeah, someone will contact someone will contact you via dude like. Uh, we made this video way back. I don't know. If you, I mean, I probably if, if you want to look at it, it's called. This is our way back then of trying to uh, make do vi- like viral SEO, title. Vi- virality. Yeah, of, yeah. The title was Wax and Herbal Tea Dis Jay Z and Lil Wayne. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> it was just it's hilarious in retrospect. We, yeah. we we like thought of that and thought it would be hilarious. And the funny thing about the internet in general and YouTube specifically yeah. is just like you really realize how kind of fucking simple minded and, and I hate to say I mean not to diss the world, but yeah. how dumb people are. Yeah, people are dumb. <laughs> like, there's no mention of Jay-Z and Lil Wayne. The whole thing is sarcastic, but they're yeah. like, yo, man, I mean, I actually think Lil Wayne is tight. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know why they dissing Jay-Z or whatever, man. I mean, what they got against him? <laughs> you know, but there's, yeah. there was just like a title to get attention. Right. And it was a video where we um, we had this beat by this dude, Lack of Afro, who was a producer that we just we kind of randomly knew about through a friend through all our funk music that we listened to because yeah. he does like funk and soul. And, uh, we, we did this rap over one of his beats and like a little while later over YouTube, we get an email for a message from him. He's like, Hey man, I saw, I saw you got, I'm, I'm reading it. It's like, Hey, it's lack of effort. I saw your video. I'm like, fuck, he's going to, he's, he's going to be, be mad, mad dude. Yeah. We're using this shit without his permission at all. And uh, he's like, you know he's he's British, so of course my in, internal monologue is reading it in a yeah, British accent. Yeah. He's like, hello, you know, <laughs> I saw your video. I saw your video. Cheers, bloke. Mike. <laughs> but uh, he he's uh, it ended up like starting this relationship of us collaborating all the time. Oh, nice. Leading up to even the album I have now, out of the twelve tracks, he produced four of them. Nice. So like, it's tight, dude. And I'm yeah. going to continue to do lots of work with him in the future. Yeah. And like, uh, intuitively, that would be a good segue to start talking about your new album. But we're almost running out of time, so I want to ask a couple more questions, and then go I want to talk about your new. Yeah, new go album. for it. I think we've covered all the rest of the YouTube shit with Mike before. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I'm really interested in like the family thing because like you're, we're we're cl- we're uh, for all intents and purposes the same age and i get jealous of people that have a family yeah. uh, and so what i want to know is like after you guys are happily married for a few years and you start having kids what well, like you say you don't plan out your youtube videos and stuff like that but i would imagine there was some family planning involved with a uh, little maximilian is it max yeah max yeah. maximo that's maximo, his name. maximo yeah maximo and uh my new son is manny his name is manuel and uh when did you guys start deciding you wanted to knock some knock some little uh, mini herbal teas out? uh i mean we didn't me and my wife were kind of adventurous, yeah. free spirit type of people. Like right. we, we've done a lot of traveling. Like yeah. we went to, um, after we got married and, and, um, before we came to San Diego, we went to Europe for like three months and traveled around. And then after we came to San Diego and she stopped working at that TV place, we went and lived, we started teaching English and we lived in Brazil for like six, seven months. Oh wow! And, um, so we, we always like in our, we, we always were doing shit like that. That was kind of, um, what do they call the saying? Wild sowing your wild oats. Yeah, whatever the fuck sure, they say. Sure. Uh, well, sowing your wild wild oats. I think is more like fucking. That's like fucking a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. weren't necessarily doing that except with each other. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I get a lot of like like. Oh, you lived in Brazil, man. This must have been some bad bitches so, down there. So I'm much like, ass, yeah, I live with my wife, and people, yeah. people say, you know, they're just like, yeah. what a fucking waste to go down there with your wife. Taking and sand to the beach. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
But uh, you know, when nah, you that like seems I said, like a tight thing say, to do, like man. I said before, dude. I mean, if you got the the, the right woman one. of your dreams, yeah. you know, it's all good. I know it sounds corny. Oh, this shit, but podcast is getting you fucking some some of that good. Yeah, that's pussy. my whole that's my whole goal of this podcast is to say nice things about my wife Ooh, in hopes of getting you know a lot some, of home cooked meals yeah. all of a sudden for a week. Oh, she's she's a good ass cook too. Nice, but but so my point being, like you know, after you guys were we, done, we traveling. were married for a while before we started, like. We've been married for almost eight, eight years. years. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and my youngest kid, my oldest kid is three. And it wasn't too long after we decided, we, we always knew we wanted to have kids. Right. It wasn't too long after we, you know, stopped with the birth control and all that shit that we got, uh, we had a kid. Strong swimmers. Yeah, pretty strong. I mean, there's always that like, you know, the chick stops taking the pill and immediately you're like, you're not pregnant yet? Yeah. Oh, dude, oh, what's yeah, wrong, yeah. man? Panicky. What's wrong, man? I'm, I smoke too much weed, dude. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, Were you pensive at all about like, oh, maybe uh, maybe the twin thing runs in the genes? Nah. Um, not really. Not pensive, but like, was it like, oh shit, we're probably going to have twins? You know what I mean? I'm I'm like, you You would think that since I'm a twin, I would have done the research. But like, yeah. as far as the way it works genetically, I think it like is passed on through one side. Like yeah, maybe it's yeah. whatever gene. I don't right. know shit about the genetics, but yeah. you'd think I would have researched it as a twin that has kids, but I don't know. Yeah. But no, I mean, I would have welcomed it. Obviously, it's all good, yeah. man. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. So you guys uh, have your first kid. How did your life change? It, it completely changed, man. Yeah. It completely changes. I would suggest to you that, you know, as someone who says you're jealous. <laughs> Not jealous, but I, I you know, I, you gotta, I appreciate you gotta, that lifestyle. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, I appreciate, I appreciate your appreciation <laughs> and you should, uh, you should enjoy it. Like oh, the, I do. the little things that you don't necessarily realize, like you think about it, like, Yo, man, I mean, I better enjoy getting all this pussy while I can or, or whatever you, you might be thinking. It's not that, dude. It's it's you better enjoy being able to sleep on Saturday morning until fucking 10 or whatever time you sleep. See, I've till. been training myself to not to not do that anyways, because I live in an area where I have to move my car. I don't I have street parking and, and I have a fucking which is basically the same thing and, as having a child. Yeah, and, and I have a neighbor with a business next door that fucking blows leafs every morning at 8 a.m. because that's when it's legal in L.A. Right. So I'm up at 8 a.m. anyways bro like i'm ready for these kids no i'm just kidding <laughs> leaf flowing business with parking is the same thing yeah same it's ex- thing. identical no nah, man i mean it's it's uh the the cliche that thing to say that is actually true is that like you don't really understand until you have them no like, for like, sure the way it changes your yeah. life um but yeah but it's great man it makes I you love happy it. yeah I yeah love it. like i told you before man it's like there's a there's a there's a fulfillment that you feel that you don't you don't reflect upon it every day when yeah. you're fucking it can be real crazy stressful and just like you want to just it it tries your patience yeah a lot you know but um yeah man it's it's great are you guys done or are you gonna have, keep going uh if we do it's only gonna be no more than one more yeah and we'll probably everybody always tries to shoot that. for it, once they have the two boys everybody always tries to shoot for that girl yeah yeah that, I mean you know. I'll probably say, yeah, we want a girl, and then I'll have a boy, and then later yeah. in life he'll hear this podcast and say, yo, dad, yeah. you want I, me to be a girl or what? That friend that I keep talking about that has three boys, he he always goes, oh, yeah, he, like uh, my other friend, this is actually a pretty funny joke, My uh, James Nokan, he has three daughters. He's got three daughters? Three daughters, Damn. yeah. He's on his way here, actually. You might meet him after this. He, uh, he's he got three daughters, and so uh, those are like two of my best friends, and, and but they had never met, and when they finally met uh, a few months ago, 
Uh, we were on the Who, same. The trip. daughters are your best friends. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Who J- James and James and Dom, my two friends. Like, oh, okay. Oh, they're, they're like, I got you. I got you. I understand. They're opposites. Like one has three boys and one has three girls. I got you. Okay. And, and they had and and so those two guys had never met each other. And when they finally met, uh, you know, James is like, yeah, you know, I always wanted a boy. And Dom's kind of like, oh, I always wanted a girl. And Dom goes, you know, I'll tell you how to have your wife uh, have a boy. He's like, what you do is you 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 know, one night you have a couple of drinks, get her dressed up real nice, and then just send her over to my house and she'll have a boy <laughs> i thought that was hilarious that is hilarious yeah, yeah yeah so anyhow uh so how did you find time to uh have this or to make this new record man um was a slow process very slow dude lo-fi very, blow dry lo-fi blow dry is the name of the album um available now on itunes available now on itunes you can also pick it up at lo-fi blow dry.com low has no w like it are should- you a web dude like, are you, like, meaning, like, are you like a web designer? Nah, yeah. nah. I do work with computers, but it's more like network shit. I don't do any programming or okay. web design. I'm not really good with, like, visual arts and shit, yeah. I don't no, think. I think it's smart that you, like, started your own website just for for the album that's, like, not Yeah, waxed. well, it's like, I found this company that does... All I had to do was... I found a company that does like online fucking carts and retail and shit. Yeah. And I can just get... I'll just buy oh, the just domain buy the and domain point name. it to it. And it uh, is it Big Cartel? No, no, but I do have a big, big cartel. I sell um, the Wax and Herbal Tea t-shirts. You can still buy uh, big uh, Wax and Herbal Tea dot Big Cartel dot com. Yeah, you can buy the Wax and Herbal T-shirts, but the uh, it's called Vibe Deck. Okay, have you ever heard of Vibe no, Deck? No, I need to look it's into a, that. It's a tight. Uh, I I went there because uh, Big Cartel didn't do unless there's there's they do now and I don't know about it. They didn't do the um, this place. I'll let you do like the download. Um, as soon as the album comes out, it'll automatically send everyone who ordered it a download. Oh, you know what I'm that's saying? That's smart, dude. Because I'm gonna have to like email everybody individually. Oh a yeah, bitch. Ugh. dude. I can tell you, you know, because you're when you just started selling your album. I saw that. Yeah, two when's days it come ago, out? Two days ago, uh, April 29th. Cool, because like, uh, and you're you're probably just like me, man, doing it all independently and everything, oh, yeah. dude. Yeah, it's it's, it's way more of a bitch than I thought it would be. What was the process of making the record? It's it seriously took me like three years. Really? So it was it was um, a matter of like like doing it a, every time I got a chance, I would put in a couple hours of work. Yeah. And the, the thing about my shit is like <clears throat> it's all kind of like I set up a foundation and it's a bunch of layers because a lot of it is live instruments. So I might start with a break beat, put bass and keys on it go over to my friend's house and play more keys and guitar. And like, before you know it, there's like 60 tracks on oh, the, wow. of instruments and shit. And I'm trying to figure out what to keep and I'm putting vocals on it. And like, it's a long process. Cause like a lot of times it wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel it's done. I need more shit. So it's like very, um, a lot of the songs, like I'd be, it's misleading to say I've been working on them for three years, but literally I have, cause it's like, there's various iterations of them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a long process. It's a long process because I'm only putting in a couple hours a week on the on the thing. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like it, my shit took three years as well, and it's just it's really not even because it's not because I have fucking kids or a job. It's because Mark and I just are like don't work as hard as we should. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I, I I feel that way about myself yeah, too. Like that yeah. it, I could have been done. Like the funny uh, shit, dude. I put out this video on YouTube. The what's it? 2014 now, so it was fucking 2012 summer. Uh-huh. And I put out a video like with like a little tiny clip of one of the songs I was working on uh-huh. saying that my shit was going to be out before the end of the year. Dude, and that was 2012. I know. And my shit didn't come out till April 2014. You, you, we put the first video out for this album in, in November of 2011. Jesus. Yeah. That was the f- 
fuck. One of the songs on it is actually from 2010. But yeah, you know, it shit happens. That's okay, man. I, I like to say real life over rap life. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's true. I mean, but at the same, you know, it, it's good to take time and make sure it's all good. Yeah, for and sure. And craft it and make sure everything's right. Like with, with my shit, like... You know, it, it's it's very it's there's a lot of details in it. Are you playing all the instruments? No, well, there's twelve tracks. Yeah, I produce four of them, and for me, producing oh, yeah, lack means of like, Afro yeah. one of them or well, four well, of here, them. There's, I produce four. Four of them are produced by Herbal Tea. Yeah, the way I produce songs is mm. like is like I'll make the drum beat maybe either. Uh, sometimes I'll sample drum break beats, but the rest of it will be instruments. Yeah. And, uh, so four of them I did myself, four of them Lack of Afro did, but even though it was like, I'll play shit on top of them. Right. And, uh, and he's an instrumentalist too. So his shit is all live instruments. Oh, nice. So you don't and have to worry about sample stuff. No, no. Yeah, or well, getting sued. I'm not gonna. Don't put There's a story that I cannot say. Okay. But, uh, then the other four songs were produced by my uh, collective, which is called Whiskey Dam Productions. It's me and my boy Frazier, who was actually the guy who was our original drummer in my band. Oh, okay. So me and him, over the last couple of years, we'll get together on like Friday, Saturday nights after I put my kids to bed and just like go to his garage, which is called the, we call the Whiskey Den because we go in there and drink whiskey all night and just play music. Right. And uh, so four of the tracks are sort of came from that. Um, so the whole album has like a similar vibe. It's a hip hop album, but it's kind of like a soul funk. Like, a lot of singing on it and stuff too. They're singing. I got like my wife sings a track. Oh, I got nice. a, a couple of guest singers. Um, this dude Jason Lewis. I got my brother singing a track. Um, now that I'm shouting everybody out, I'm going to forget someone, and they're going to be mad. But um, I sing like a couple of things, but yeah. I'm not really much of a singer. Yeah. Um, you're you're more of just a handsome man. You're the face. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So how's it doing so far? Feel great, like man. The, the pre-sales went good. I, yeah, the pre-sales went great. I made. I mean, I definitely like as far as money. Like I definitely broke even. Which I got is like, above the break-even point before the album came which out, which is like which is all I can really hope the for. The most amazing thing. Yeah, and people have been supporting the shit out of it, man. I, I I'm so grateful yeah, for all the people that absolutely. have been buying it. And you just, do an album release show. I might, I might be doing one. I'm not really sure. Like, I because for me, like doing a show, I got to have a band to play these songs. Yeah, really. yeah. Uh, I, I might be doing one. It's not set in stone. Yeah. And there might be some possible shows this year. We'll see. Right on. But um, yeah. I mean, the shit, the shit is very, like, we use a lot of vintage instruments. Like, there's a lot of Hammond organ, Fender Rhodes, and like, I play a bass on a lot of it. Yeah. And like my whole shit is rhythm. So even when I rap, like I look at shit very rhythmically, like as a percussionist. Yeah. So like, like the, the biggest influence for me rap wise are people who like black thought, you know, yeah, like people yeah, who yeah. are very like rhythmic with all their yep, shit. Yep. Uh, like, like that's more important to me almost than like, like content. Right. Right. And, right. Um, so I do that with, with the, with like a lot of my shit is sort of like the bass lines will be very syncopated, like kind of like the way like funk and reggae always are. Right. Um, and and the shit is all vintage instruments and it's got like the cool thing about the album is that it's got you can play it all the way through and it's got a vibe to it yeah it's not at all like a lot of the modern shit that's out it doesn't have like 808s and it that doesn't kind of jump shit. it doesn't jump around from style or like stylistically it does not jump around yeah. stylistically and it does not um for better or for worse, it's not like sort of in tune with the modern yeah, sound. Yeah, you, you're just you doing. Call you're, that. you're doing you. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing me for sure. And, and it's organic. It's very, very organic, vintage. Like, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to be able to make music where like you're not having to chase the cool or or worried about like you know sounding modern. Yeah, that's like, and that's where you know I was telling you earlier about my brother getting depressed and shit. Like the thing about music for me, yeah, is like 
it's still a fun hobby for yeah, me. And yeah. like, sure, I'd love to be like a musician. Yeah. But if I were if I were one, I'd like the dude I was telling you, lack of Afro. Yeah, he's a musician, and his shit is like he does a lot of stuff where. Um, TV shows will contract him and he'll make right, like right. cool, like funky background music for yeah. TV shows and stuff. But who makes a living doing that? Like that interests me more than being like some kind of star. It, yeah. And uh, so for me, the fact that it's still like this fun thing and there's no pressure right. to like, once it try becomes to make a career. Hit. Yeah. Once it becomes a career, all of a sudden there's a whole new, like, yeah, this, this whole idea of like, you got to make a hit song and shit like that. I don't, I don't give one fuck about that at yeah. all. There's no reason for me to, yeah, yeah. I just made exactly what I felt like making when we were just kind of fucking around right, and, right. and playing instruments. Yeah. And there's something to be said for really like doing you, you know what I mean? And I think that like Mike can attest to the fact that like when he's doing himself, that's when all of a sudden the big, the biggest things happen yeah, for him. And yeah. it's like, when, I think that's probably true and, for and, most and, people. Yeah. yeah. And when you're trying and when like, like with the label shit with Def Jam, when like, it's like they're trying to put you in the studio with various producers and it's not working and you're trying to do something that isn't you, then it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and you know, the one thing, uh, um, yeah, I usually try to keep myself out of these, but for some reason I feel a kind of spirit to But no, like fucking, uh, you know, one thing about like the record that we took, that we made it, it took a long time and, and it doesn't sound modern and it doesn't sound like in tune with like what's cool or hip, but it fucking feels good because like we didn't give a fuck for this yeah. one. And, and all of a sudden we've been having a much greater success with that. Like people are, people are paying attention because we're not giving a fuck. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man. I don't know. Anyway. There's a certain like, uh, like with the, the reaction so far to my shit, like, I mean, there's always going to be some kind of people that, that have a, like a negative response to yeah. it. And, uh, I knew that, I mean, regardless of what you do, that's going to be the case. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, some people might expect something more like what their, their ears are li- used to listening yeah, to, but yeah. like the people that, that like it, like that's what they want, man. They want the, I mean, I think like a person who's making music, an artist, like even if they're not making shit that I like, if they're making shit that they like. I like it. You right, know what I mean? Like right. I, if it's, if it's true to them, even if it's not like my cup of tea, like I still fuck with it and yeah, I respect it. Absolutely. And like, you know, that's, that, that's, that's, if they're doing them, that's what I like to see. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent with that. So, uh, with that being said, tell the people where to find you go to lofi lofi blow dry.com yeah, yeah. right yeah lofi blow dry.com the name of the album is lofi blow dry and it's l o f i b l o w d r y.com uh you can find me at herbal tea is great on, on twitter like twitter and facebook and shit yeah. uh tea with no ea so it looks like herbal tea is great herbal tis great herbal tis great yeah yeah wax and herbal tea is youtube.com slash wax and herbal tea um where there's hours of enjoyment. Yeah, there's a shitload of shitload of shit on there. Yeah. Uh yeah, lofi blow dry.com. You can buy it on iTunes. At, just look for herbal tea or look for lofi blow dry. Um yeah, you know, I got a video out for this song called That's That. Yeah. Um today I'm gonna do a song called That's It. A lot of people probably will see that and say, Hey, he's doing that's that, but it's actually called That's It. Okay. Is it like two separate songs? Is it the last song on the on the album? No, I feel like that's, that's that a good point. That would have been fitting. Hey, that's not yeah. a yeah. It's I, like, oh, that's it. It's funny that that has not occurred to me until right now. Uh, it's okay. So I believe uh, it's the tenth of twelve. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm excited to watch this performance. We're gonna film it right now. So uh, go to YouTube.com/slash That's Kind of Neat and look for Herbal Tea performing. That's it. My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. You can follow my man on the boards, Ben Shim, making the shit sound buttery at I Am Database, based with two S's. We can fo- you can follow us as a unit on Twitter at That's Kind of Neat. 
YouTube.com slash That's Kind of Neat, Facebook.com slash Kind of Neat. Subscribe to that podcast app on your iPhone or iPad or whatever. Stitcher, do that shit. Look for us. Kind of Neat. Subscribe. Leave five-star ratings, comments, uh, all that good stuff. Just just help us. Thank you so much, Chris Jones, my herbal tea, for, for coming in, driving all the way up from San Diego. My pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, that's it. This was Kind of Neat. Wind. Wind. Thank you.